0: The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Happy New Year, church. I'm so glad that you are joining us today. I know, I know that if you're like me, we are thinking, I hope 2021 is a great, great year. Nothing like 2020. And I believe anything is possible. Uh, but one of the things that I'm reminded of in, in this season is we set goals and kind of cast vision for the church, for our lives, whatever it is that that looks like for you. I know this. We as a church, we need to keep the main thing, the main thing. That's imperative. We need to make sure we stay on mission, we stay on track. And one of the things I challenged our staff with months ago was to come with 2021 plans that were COVID-proof. If we can't gather and meet together, that's okay. There has to be a way for us to still fulfill our mission. And so and so, what we're going to do here for the first few weeks of 2021 is we're going to go back to the why. Why do we exist as a church? we're going to cast vision. And as the leader, as your pastor, I want to make sure that we understand why we are doing what we're doing. And the why is so important. The why is what drives us. Okay, I was told very early in my ministry career, you start everything with the why. Why are we doing this? When Paige and I set out to plant Summit Church, one of the most important questions that we were asked, and we were asked this multiple times, why another church in Oklahoma? Why another church? And if you can't answer that, if you can't answer that question, then you don't need to be doing what you're doing. And for us, it was a pretty simple answer because there's still a lot of people, some people we love dearly, that don't know the love of Jesus. And we believe that the church is the best hope for that for people hearing how much God loves them and that Jesus died for them. That's the why. And so, as a great leader once told me, if you are the person in charge of any organization, any organization whatsoever, it is your job to remind them constantly why we're doing what we're doing. The reason I'm clapping my hands like this is because the image that this leader used was that of a monkey banging cymbals together. Your job is not complicated, Todd. Just constantly remind people why. Why we are doing what we are doing. So, I will get there. I will get to that answer. But the first thing that I want to do today is I want to start to shrink a gap. As we we discover why, why we exist as a church, what 2021 is really going to need to entail, as we start to shrink that gap, I want to remind us of something so important. And it begins with a question. What are we known for? What are we known for? In the community that we live in, we have churches in Norman and Oklahoma City, in the communities that we are allowed to impact, what are we known for? What would someone say Summit is all about? That's a very important question. Because before we can answer the why, before we can answer that, we need to see how we're doing. Are we reaching our goals? Are we fulfilling our mission? What are we known for? A better question is, what do we want to be known for? Because when those two things line up, then you're on mission, So now, this is true for anyone, okay? This is true for any organization, a church, a family, a nonprofit, a school, if you're a business owner. You need to ask yourself these questions. What are you known for by your community? But more importantly, what do you want to be known for? And do those two things line up? Now, I can't answer that question definitively for Summit Church within our community. But I can tell you this. When we get on the same page with our why, and it lines up with what we want to be known for, we will be much more effective at reaching people within our communities. Now, we need some perspective, though. We need perspective of people that aren't sitting in our chairs and aren't in your living room right now watching this if you've been with us for a long time. We need perspective of someone else and an outsider's opinion because when you ask a lot of people outside of the church, what is the church for? Their answer is simply this. It's not for me. It's not my cup of tea. It's not what I want to be about. And maybe it's because they tried it. Maybe it's because of hurt. Maybe it's because of a billion different reasons. But most of the time, the reason someone's not a part of a church is because they do not believe that that church is for them. They don't believe that that church cares about them or cares about their community, cares about their problems, cares about the things that they're going through. And that's a problem. That's a big disconnect. Disconnect. A lot of people don't care about the church because they just simply think the church doesn't care about them. Think about a random guy just sitting on a couch somewhere in the metro area. Random guy, not affiliated with any church anywhere. What is he most concerned about? What is is he thinking about? It could be dozens of things, but probably his well-being, his family, his job, his security maybe his neighbors, his community. That, that's what's keeping him awake at night. He's not worried about Summit Church. That's not on his radar. He's not worried about what we're doing for our New Year's prayer guide or anything like that. He, he just wants to know, is he going to be okay? And there's this huge gap then between the church and this guy because A guy doesn't think the church cares at all about him. And I think it's our job as a church to shrink that gap. So so how do we do it? How do we create a church that that guy actually cares about, that that guy actually wants to investigate, that that guy actually might want to attend? How do we do that? Well, just to make sure I'm being very, very clear, we're not just trying to create a church that middle-aged guys who sit on the couch love. We're trying to create a church that within our community removes obstacles from people being involved. And this is not a new problem. One of the biggest issues within the very early Christian church was the fact that some of the church leaders were trying to add a ton of extra stuff, a ton of extra rules, specifically rules about the Mosaic law, meaning some of the Old Testament laws. They were trying to say, "Hey, we need to make sure that we keep a lot of the old traditions. We need to make sure that it looks similar to how it did in the past. We need to make sure that everyone who's here is comfortable. And what happened then is you had non-Jewish people who were turning to the Lord Jesus and they were coming into a church That they were told, you don't belong here. You're not part of the family. You don't look right. You don't speak the same language as we do. You don't understand our customs and our traditions. So, this came to this massive point. Okay, just a few decades into the church's life, and they had a huge meeting in Jerusalem, and, and James, the brother Jesus, was the church leader at the time, and, and they had this council going, all these religious people wanting to make sure that the rules stayed the same, and you had all these Gentiles going, you're causing stumbling blocks. You're making it impossible for my friends to come to church here because they don't understand you. And here was the conclusion. After a ton of debate, a ton of prayer, the Holy Spirit interceding, here was the conclusion in Acts chapter 15, verse 19. James speaking he says, This is my judgment. This is it that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. We need to bridge the gap. We need to make sure that those on the outside see us making effort to bring them in, not putting up walls to keep them out. Because far too often, church, hear this, the church is known for what it's against, not for what it's for. And this is a travesty for one reason, because God is for people. God loves that guy on the couch just as much as he loves you and me. The Gentiles who just simply wanted to come and worship were being told, no, you got to change first. got to adapt. And as crazy as that may sound to some of us today, there are many churches out there that do the exact same thing. Hey, we want you, but you need to come to us, and then you need to make sure you look like us. And a lot of times that, that person in the community they, they don't want to come because they don't know what the church is for. They've just heard all the things that the church is against and oftentimes those things that they've heard the church is against might be things that are very near and dear to them. And we need to bridge the gap. We need to try to shrink that divide and remembering what the why is. Being known For loving people because God loves them. That's what we're going for. What do they say about Summit Church? Well, I hope they say we're for our community. We're for the people outside of our walls. This greater southwest metropolitan area. I hope they say we're for our schools. We're for our schools. We're for our local businesses. We're for them. Even if maybe the business isn't something you would necessarily want to start, but we're for them because they're in our community. We're for adults. We're for students. We're for children. We're for all people. And the reason that we're for all people is because God is for all people. That's the why. And to be known as a church as being for someone, how simple and beautiful and pure is that? And who in the community then could argue if we're simply saying, we love you because God loves you. We're for you because God is for you. Today I want to launch a movement within our church called For You. I want us all to adopt this language As many of you already have this mindset, language is powerful. When we all start to speak in the same way, there becomes traction and momentum moving in a direction. Why are you serving at this local school? Because we're for them. What does that mean? Why are you for them? We're for that school because God's for them. When we all start to speak that way, when we all start to say in those words why we're doing what we're doing, there's power. As we start this movement, there's three things that need to take place. Three things that need to take place, and, and they happen in order. The first thing is we need to create common ground. The common ground is easy. Do you want to know what the common ground is? Our community. That we are all a part of the same communities. So whether you live in Blanchard or Tuttle or Oklahoma City or Moore or Norman or Newcastle or Washington, wherever you live, you're for that community because you're part of that community and that becomes common ground. We understand that, yes, we're a church, but we're a church that's part of a community we're part of what's going on there. We get to talk about things that are going on in our community. That is the common ground. When we create that common ground, we get to tell people we want to live in this great community that has great schools and great parks and great environments and great social scenes. And we want to live in this community because we're a part of this community and we're for this community. We're active. We're advocates. but We're advocates not for just the community. We're advocates for Christ. We want our common ground to lead to the second thing, which is a conversation. Folks, I know that a lot of times you've heard churches tell you, you need to go to your neighbors, you knock on the door, and you need to tell them about Jesus. That is absolutely true. After, after you have established common ground after you've established common ground, that conversation will naturally flow next. As you discuss your kids' schools, the sports teams, as you discuss how do you want the road to look a little different next year, that common ground creates a conversation and those conversations then, here's, here's the beauty, when the Lord steps in, when the Lord steps in and takes those conversations to the next level, it creates connections. And you and the people within your community are now no longer opposite of one another. You're united. You're together. In that conversation, you've been able to tell them that you're for them. And when they ask, and that inevitably they will. Why are you for me? Because God is for you. Have you ever heard a more simple way to naturally inject a gospel conversation into a relationship? I'm for you because God is for you. How do you know God is for me? Because he loves you. I can tell you a whole lot more about how I know he loves you as we get to continue to do life together, as we connect over like things within our community. Simple task, church, for this week, the first full week of 2021. Simple task. You ready? Just in hopes of creating common ground and conversation and connection and, and God working through all this simple task here you go whatever trash day is for you Now some of you live out in the boonies and you burn your trash this won't't go, gonna work But for those of you who live in a neighborhood who have trash pickup on a single day, plan plan to, Pick up as many trash cans of your neighbors as you possibly can this week. You know what day it's coming. You know what time it naturally comes. Figure out a way to do that. And then, just because it's going to happen, you see someone else say, like, hey, did you pick up my trash can? Why'd you, why, why would you do that? Thank you. I mean, no one's going to be mad, but why would, you put my, why would you pick up my trash can? Ah, I just want to be for you. want to be for this community. If they don't say anything else, it's a starting point. They say, what does that mean? Boom. now you have a conversation. And if God does something great, then you have a connection. Church, I know that seems so crazy. This is your plan, Todd. This is your big initiative, pick up trash cans. No, that's the first step towards common ground that will create a conversation that will allow people within our community to know that we're for them because God is for them. And hopefully then create a connection. Not just between them and you, but between them and God. Hey Todd, all people on my street already go to church. I'm not going to get to have those conversations. You'll be shocked. What kind of conversations you get to have when you simply let people know you're for them. We're going to talk about this for several more weeks. But I've given you your challenge what are we known for? I want Summit Church to be known for the fact that we are for people. That is COVID proof. That is a vision and a direction that will see lives changed and communities impacted. And I want to be all about that. Why? Because I believe that the church is the hope for the world and we've got to change the narrative of churches just simply being known for what they're against. Because if God is for someone, then we are for them. So I just pray that today as you engage in this conversation, you will come together and start to implement this language, this for you language, so that we together can fulfill our purpose and our mission in our communities. And that is to make disciples for the glory of God. I look forward to seeing what God's going to do in and through you. And right now, I just want to pray. I want to pray that that God will move mightily this week in your life as you show people that you are for them. Father, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you for all that you have shown us and given us. And God, we know that you are for us. And for those listening today that do not know that, I pray that they would literally right now feel your love. They would feel your presence. And and maybe it would be even through someone else explaining just how much, God, they love you. Father, help us. Speak truth into our communities, be light in our communities, and be for our communities, because you are for them. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.